who are you going to share your unique gifts with? Because your gifts aren't about you. Being a leader yeah. isn't about you. Your purpose isn't about you. Really, if you think about it, it's serving those who need your gifts, who need your purpose, who need your leadership. Whatever your situation is currently is not your forever situation. That's really what real business owners is, man. Like, we don't care where you come from, where are you going? Our goal and our job is to reduce the mistakes that you have to make or the money that you have to lose. You want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be successful, don't give up. You learn, adjust, and continue to move forward. Welcome back to the Real Business Owners Podcast with myself, Trevor Cowley, as usual. Kel Goodman. What's up, everybody? Guys, today we have a special guest. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of bombarded his DMs after I read <laughs> one of his uh, one of his books. Uh, we've got Kevin Hall, an absolutely amazing author, a million times over, and he's working on a million more books to share his knowledge with the world. And, you know, that's one thing that uh, I think is really special about him. He's had a lot of amazing experiences in his life and he's documenting these experiences and he's, he's going to leave them behind for many, many decades for other people to, uh, you know, learn from gain value and perspective from your life, your experiences, which is super, super valuable. So we appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you. And you look sharp as a tack. So, Thank you. I you, know, just, you. That's probably normal, though. You hear that all the I time. I needed to wear a jacket when I see the gun show in here. Yeah. So I needed to come okay. prepared. So. You were covering up. Working huh? on it. Yeah. No. You were concealing your guns. <laughs> oh, they're We right open here. carry around here. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Cyclists aren't known for big guns. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we can change that, you know. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that the idea is to change the uh, impossible to possible? Yeah. Just one little punctuation, isn't it? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You know, it's right there. Impossible. Just put that little, yeah, a little mark and space at once and, and I'm possible. Yeah. Tell me, um, because it's, it's, you know, I, I read the book Aspire and, you know, it inspired me to reach out to you. Um, you just happened to live in Utah, um, the same town that we live in. Right. <laughs> and so it was kind of cool. You took two or three months, you ghosted me for a minute and then you reached <laughs> back out and said, Hey, let's connect. And we've had a few conversations over the phone that I've thoroughly enjoyed. Um, but I don't, I don't think I, un, I, I know really where your, uh, journey starts in terms of like, you know, Hey, I'm going to take life seriously, or I want to become an author or the whole self-improvement, like were you lost for a period of time in your youth trying to figure yourself out and then there's something that happened or somebody that you met that uh, that really kind of changed the game for you in terms of the direction of your life? I think we all have. I bet, yeah. I bet Kel, you, you could share those that have sometimes are really close. Um, I was the second of two boys okay. born to a teenage alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And my mother, God rest her soul, through a lot of hard work, through AA, through education, she became a great drug and alcohol abuse counselor. Mm. Um, but she would, even when she was in the clutches of addiction, she would grab, I had hair then, Kel. I had a, <laughs> yeah. had a widow peak, kind of like, yeah. you know, you got Nick here helping us produce this. He's got yeah, a muffin head of hair. I wish yeah. I had that. Well, we wear hats for a reason around right. here, pal. It's all good. You know, it's we're, all good. We're, ours are sneaking back on yeah. us too, you know. <laughs> but she would grab my chin and say, Kevin, you can do anything you want in life mm. as long as you leave other people better for having met you 
And so I think of her a lot. Yeah. Um, and uh, am I leaving people better for that experience? And sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't. Yeah. You know, the, the word inspire, we'll talk a little bit about words. I'm a bit of a word nerd, but people say spire. Spire means spirit. Well, the earliest origin, if you go back in 13 different languages, is breath. And our creator, if you really think about that, I'm a person of faith. Our creator breathed life into our spirit. Mm. And then we became a living thing. So when we're, when we're a leader, um, Simon Sinek has said it well. John Maxwell has said it well. I just came up with kind of combined some things that John and Simon and Stephen Covey have taught me. Um, about, you know, it's not about who's in charge. Simon talks about that, right? Yeah. Um, or showing who's in charge. It's um, being kind and caring about those who are in your charge. And I, I that's not the exact statement, but I've had people help me my entire life to say, hey, you can go in this direction. Like, it's a little sketchy growing up, mm. you know. Um, you, you grew, can up, go you grew in up in this. Utah? Uh, yes. Yeah. I did. Northern Utah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but I had, um, you know, coaches and teachers and leaders and um, individuals. Someone gave me a copy of a book when I was 19 years old. I write about it in Aspire. And uh, the, the subtitle is pretty important to that book. Some people say Aspire. Yeah. Um, but it's discovering your purpose through the power of words. So that tells you a little bit about where I was trying to go with that book when it was published. Boy, it's, you know, we're going to be celebrating 15 years here in a couple mm. of years, and it's just been kind of this little evergreen book that just kind of a little book that could, and it's in over a dozen languages around the world. But I remember giving my first self-improvement book I Dare You by William Danforth, uh, written uh, in the 30s. Mm. And it changed my whole perspective on you can do more, you can be more, we're better than we think we are. Um, so, yeah, that's been a journey. So what did you do after that at 19? Like, when did you start getting into, you know, writing books and what, what inspired you to, you know, put a pen to paper or put your thoughts down on paper? Um. Was there somebody that said, hey, you need to write a book, or was yeah, it just it kind of comes book? from inside, I think. Yeah. Um, and that was later on because I was part of, in my mid-20s, we started a company called Franklin, and it became Franklin Quest and became Franklin International. It grew to be about a half a billion dollar company. And I was fortunate to lead out the sales and training side. So when we went into do public seminars or corporate seminars, that's that's what our team of consultants and sales professionals did. Um, and, you know, that later merged into Franklin Covey, which it's known today. Yeah. Um, but very, very fortunate to have learned things there. And then at that point, after um, the merger and, and the company had gone public prior to that, it's like, I, I, I want to share some thoughts yeah. that are within me. You know, we just had a little bit of a setback. And so some people, they want to save you. Have you ever had somebody try to save you yeah. from 
themselves. Yeah. They're not trying to save you from you. They don't dare dream what you're dreaming. Or maybe they have a different dream. It may not be that they're trying to hold you back, but they're like, is this really a good time? You really think right now is a good time to write a book? And it took me almost five years. I'm not super quick. I was a four. and I wasn't writing like 10 hours a day, but four and a half years. And Stephen Covey was a constant guide, mm. monthly talking to me, sometimes Every other week, I remember being in Southern California and, and just explaining a word, you know, one of the most influential thought leaders of our day, and he would just light up. As he studied cultures, religions, languages, he would read or scan a book. I saw your reading pile as we, as we walked around before this podcast. He would read or scan a book every day of his life. He was a speed reader, and, and I don't do that. I've yeah. read, I've read <laughs> A few thousand books, but not, I mean, he would read one every day. Yeah, know? I can't, I can't comprehend that, dude, because I'm yeah. like such a focused reader, so I really can take the information in, but I have seen people just flip pages and like they're just grabbing, grabbing these things out of there and speed reading books. I'm like, man, I can't even comprehend yeah. that. I like your approach, though, Cal, because sometimes I'll sign a book, you know, I'll say for Nick and I'll hand Nick a book. And then I'll say, don't read this book. And they'll go, well, what are you talking about? And this didn't come from me. I, my, maybe it was Stephen who could speed read that taught me this. But you don't read a book. You study it. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and I like to use a different pen mm -hmm. every time. So maybe the first time you read it, yeah. it's a blue pen. Second time, it's a yeah. red pen. Third time, it's black and green and yellow, whatever you use. And just like the saying... For those of you that fly fish, you know, the, the same man doesn't go in the same river yeah, ever because you're a different person when you come out. And same thing when you're saying, oh, this is the fifth time I've read I Dare You yeah, or Seven Habits or The Four Agreements or whatever's on your bookshelf, you'll start to underline things in As a Man Think. That's one of my, it's got to be top 50 books, maybe top 10. And you start to underline things and you say, oh, how come I didn't see that? seven readings ago well, you're right. a different person yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, and one of the great i think one of the great thoughts is that when we learn a new concept that's why i'm here because you know when i you talk to trevor here like the words that come out of his mouth yeah the, the, the spokes of the wheels coming out of his mouth it's pretty amazing yeah yeah he and articulates really very, well very articulate and just he's got that that voice when we start here to start talking. Um, and I, that's why I looked at you. Wow, here we go. We're going to be doing this. Party time. You <laughs> it know. is party time. <laughs> but when you, when your mind is exposed to a new idea, and it's kind of like your, your, your credo when you come in here about transformation. Yeah. Um, it never returns to its original dimensions. It grows and expands and absorbs that thought. So, when I'm writing, um, I'm constantly thinking if just if there was just one thought, one principle, one idea in this chapter, in this on this page, in this entire book, it's worth the book. The book, yeah, it's worth it. And what does that look like for you when you fully study a book? Because I've realized my levels of laziness with reading over the years. Like I would just read. And then I would highlight and then 
you know, I'd go a little further and take notes, but I've never, and I've had this thought before. I'm like, man, I'll actually like go and look some of these things up. I just pulled out of this book and, and go deep into that, but I'm always like wanting to get to the finish line. Right. So I've never actually gone to that level of like what I'm picturing studying a book would be like, I've done the note taking, I've done all those things, but to actually be like, Oh man, what's he talking about here? And go and look it up and like read that whole paragraph about a historical movement or whatever right like i've right. never done that yeah well that's what kev does a few people call me kev my yeah. my wife and my mother kevy yeah. heavy kevy or yeah. kev. well now there's three there's three okay there's three trevor so um, <laughs> you you read in aspire yeah and i was quoting the great adventure writer robert lewis stevenson and you think of the things that he wrote and he, always, he said, you always carry two books with you. So you see me today bringing yeah. a small journal. Yeah. So when I'm, when I'm reading something, I have my journal out. And it could be an electronic journal. It could be your iPad, your phone. Yeah. I, like, I like the tactile. And so if I have an idea or a thought, I'll sketch it out. And these journals become future written work yeah. or spoken work. Yeah. yeah, but doesn't that take you like forever now to read? Because some people, I mean, they're just, they're reading to, you know, do the check mark and say, hey, I, I read today. Yeah. I'm improving because I did that thing, but they're not really, I mean, they're just skimming it versus actually studying it. And when you have to take the time away from the book to write down your own thoughts about somebody else's thoughts, uh, you know, is that like, I mean, it's going to make the process much longer and so would you, I mean, obviously you would have to set aside a certain amount of time to say, if I'm going to read, it's going to be worth it. It needs to be a quiet place and I need to have time to be able to put in notes. Would you say something like that? Or would you say that reading regardless is good for you, even if you're not able to um, have the time to jot down your own thoughts about somebody else's thoughts? Boy, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> you asked a couple of questions and the answer would be yes and Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Because it's like, I mean, you're, you got a, you've got a wellness and a fitness culture. Um, what's the best exercise? Any movement, <laughs> all of them, the one you're going to do. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. any, it's the one yeah. you're going to do, right. Do what you love with those you love. So yeah. if you love to, you know, just pound through something, I'm not going to tell Stephen Covey, one of the, you know, to stop most, skimming. Stop. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm sure he read a lot in depth. He was a very deep uh, thinker. But if you want to, if you're doing 75 hard, and you got to get those 10 minutes in, you know, I guess that's one way to do it. Because yeah. you can't, you got to start all over if you don't get that in that day. But I do like, I've got a new formula. I hope I can remember it. We may talk about it later, the invest formula. And if you just take 20 minutes a day, for personal development, it'll grow yeah. beyond that. 20 yeah. minutes could grow to 30 or 45. But if you say, I'm going to take 20 minutes, there's 1,440 minutes in a day. So 15 is 1%. So it's just a little over 1% of your day. I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to be still. And um, how Elrod has some incredible thoughts in Miracle Morning, you know, when the morning, when the day. I had some thoughts sitting next to my grandson um but a year and a half ago he's a great mountain biker and they'd been down for the weekend it was over president's day weekend and on the sunday morning he was sitting next to me and i just sketched out 
this invest formula that, you know, you start with the internal, you know, all victories Stephen Covey taught. There's private victories and there's public victories. So when you're in the gym, when you're doing the work, when you're reading, that's, that's an internal victory. So you, you start there. And then we can go a little bit further. You learn something new. We just talked about it, right? And you get into mm. nature. I, I love, and I think you two do, you know, you're running six miles a day just to get into nature. We are nature. We're part yeah. of nature. So to have that, that connection. So do you think too many people are, are, are focusing more on external wins than internal wins? And that's why it, they feel like that they're fighting such an uphill battle when they're trying to, you know, improve themselves. They're just improving for external validation versus, hey, let's just get little wins where I'm creating a record of the past for my own mind to know that I care enough about myself to take time out of my day, 20 minutes to give to me so that I know that I'm growing. You said it better than I could have said it. I really <laughs> like how you described that, Trevor. And I think we're all guilty of that. Yeah. You know, I'm guilty. You know, I'm coming in, we're, we're ramping up our social media, and you guys are doing it really, really well, incredibly well. My Thank son you. is showing, look, look, look at what they're doing with this podcast. He was showing me this stuff last night, and I almost brought him. But um, I think um, with the good things of social media, we can get it out there. The challenging things of social media, and it's just, it's, it's not social media, it's how we use it. Yeah. When we say how oh, everybody else's life is perfect, you know, fake book becomes, mm. Facebook becomes <laughs> fake book, right? You know, yeah. how, how come their vacation looks perfect? How come they don't have any health problems? How come they've never had a financial problem? How come they don't have relationship problems? Well, <laughs> you know, that Christmas card or the Thanksgiving card or the New Year's card that we send out, there's there a lot going yeah. on behind that picture. It's not <laughs> We've quite, all been to family pictures and had to wrangle our kids. Yes, and, and you, know. you know, one shows up wearing Levi's when they're supposed to wear slacks, and you know, <laughs> you just. But it's it's the, uh, I think the key, and and this is not my thought. I, some people say it's Wayne. I knew Wayne. I had his, his cell phone number. You could call Wayne. You call Wayne Dyer up and he'd say hi. I'm Wayne Dyer, <laughs> and I want to have. A beautiful day. And if you're calling for any other reason, you got the wrong doctor. You might want to call me. He'd give a couple of doctors' names. It's just incredible. And I, I have it in a recording. When he passed, I tried to call him about two weeks later just to hear it. And, yeah. and the phone had been disconnected. Uh, but um, you hear that comparison is the thief of joy. Of joy. And, and I even insert all joy. Because yeah. if you're comparing, your, you don't make any comparisons. Don't make unfair comparisons. Just don't make comparisons. So that can be, oh, can I, do, be can like I, can I Can I bring up, uh, play devil's advocate on yes, this and bring up the that. opposite of I that? I love that. <laughs> um, because my thought on comparison is, yes, it's the thief of joy if you're not willing to put in the work. That's a, well. Okay, so if, if, if there was the, the four-minute mile, nobody could do it, right, until somebody did it. And everybody then compared. I okay, love that. This, this, wow. human, this human being right here, I'm a human, they're a human. I'm a runner, he's a runner. He showed that it's possible. So somebody has to light the way, right? Like if you show other people's what, what's possible, they might say, well, that person's like me. If he could do it, I could do it. Yeah. 
And so it, that, that I, I think that that's because they're willing to actually do the work. If they can do it, I can do it. They have a belief with inside of themselves because they visually saw somebody do something amazing with their life, which gives them permission to now do something amazing with their life. So they're comparing themselves to this individual that's awesome, that did just something amazing that at one point was thought to be impossible. They now made it possible for everybody else and gave them permission to now do what was once impossible, right? And so I'm a big believer that that's how humans have evolved is through some form of comparison, watching other people do awesome stuff and then saying, I want to do awesome stuff. And then it just kind of evolves and pushes evolution Mm. to the next level. But if I'm sitting on the couch and I'm watching somebody do something amazing and I'm comparing myself to them, but I'm not willing to do the work, that's depressing. It's reminding me of everything that I could be, but I'm not because I'm just not willing to do the work. Right. Mm. And so like, I've always struggled with that because I utilize comparison quite a bit not in a negative way, but of looking at other people and aspiring right, to be so more like that person, right? I, I love, boy, that's that's going to make me think about that when <laughs> I share that because you're, um, yeah, isn't it interesting? There's always more than one answer. Yeah. Isn't it? And there's yeah. always light and darkness to like everything we everything. talk about. You know yeah, what I mean? There, we can talk yeah. about all these different things like comparison yeah. and be like, yeah. well, dude, there's actually some, some light to it too. Right. There's a, yeah. there's give a, each other permission. It's, 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 it's a coin, I guess. There's a positive and a negative side to that. Well, same. It, co- you know what I mean? If you're willing to do the work. Yeah. Right. If it, I think the great Jim Rohn said it, if you want things to work, <laughs> you better you work. Better work. You got to yeah. work. Right. <laughs> yeah. Smart um, concept. It's there. Pretty smart yeah. concept. <laughs> and uh, a mentor of mine, Thomas Monson said, work will win when wishy washy wishing won't that was his w formula i like your you're you're really looking at a standard like here's a standard that i can aspire to sometimes we're like well how come they're healthy and how come their house is bigger and how come and so that that can be a path to nowhere but if it motivates you and that's more of an internal you just described i think the difference between a private and a public victory. If I'm going to do the work, this now became yep. a private victory. I, I'll just do a shout out because I sent him a text last night. I have, uh, and I, I hardly ever even talk without people say, "Oh, I didn't know you had a nephew in the NBA." I have a nephew who's playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers. They start mm-hmm. training camp today. Cool. Sam Merrill. He's one of the best players to ever play for Utah State. He won a. World Championship with them all. Shout out Bucks. Sam. Shout out Sam. Hey, go get him this year. Just had him on a master <laughs> yeah. class. He's, he's, and I sent him a text last night. Maybe I'll read it, but no, it's too personal. But um, he had people guide him on his path. When he was at Milwaukee as a yeah. rookie, Drew Holiday, who just got traded to the Boston Celtics, who's going to probably come back hard on on the box because he just said i want to be there he sam oh said, yeah yeah sam i saw said, something like that said, where he says i want to be a buck for the rest next, of next day he's and, and then the and next he day, said, i want to be a buck for the, my entire career i love and, it here 24 hours later he's true and you know they got dame lillard i mean it's <laughs> yeah, a, it's a yeah. you'll see how it all works out but yeah. then they never thought he's going to the eastern conference i'm pretty sure sam's been in touch with drew because drew would 
his wife, Lauren, was the captain of the U.S. women's soccer team. I mean, mm. really elite. Those Family. children yeah. have got to be yeah. just yeah. unbelievable. Sam's wife was the captain of the Utah State soccer team. Not the same level as the national team, but they just pulled them in. They would have them over, and Drew would just teach him about money. You don't spend your stipend. You don't do this. Here's what you do. You save every dollar of your salary. You don't know how like teaching to be Sam here. and teaching Sam how yeah. to go to work. Now, yeah. when you're the 60th pick, Mister Irrelevant, there's 30 teams. They get two picks, and I hadn't shaved for like you know five or six weeks, and I wasn't going to shave until he was drafted. And it, it's like they just called number 59, <laughs> and I don't. I can't grow quite like what you have. And then he was. We were getting tech because we knew other teams were going to sign him. He had deals on the table, but then he got a guaranteed deal from Milwaukee, and he learned, you know, from Giannis, from Chris Middleton, but Drew Holiday just said, here's what you can. And he didn't compare himself. He's not going to be the same player that Drew is. Uh, but Sam's one of the one of the most highly skilled shooters, high yeah. IQ moves the ball around, doesn't miss a defensive assignment. He doesn't have the defensive one-on-one chops that all-NBA defensive player Drew has. But Drew taught him how, how to go to work. And they'll have a lifetime relationship. And so I think just the power of going to the top of the learning curve. So you talked about comparison. Yeah. Stephen Covey would say, Kevin, don't, don't, don't learn from somebody that hasn't done it. Go to the it's great principle. Go to the highest level. Go to the top of the learning yeah. curve. There's no learning curve because they've learned it. And then you'll have your own way, but learn what they did. That's why your podcast, that's why what you do in your businesses is so important because you're sharing best practices. Yeah. So that's a good comp- – here's a practice or a standard to measure up to. Yeah. But yeah. just I'd be careful that we all have unique – God-given gifts. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we look at everybody else's gift. Well, how can, well, no, look at yours. And you know what it is. It's your namaste, right? That's one of the chapters in the book. Yeah. What, is it, what does namaste mean, Cal? What does it mean, uh, Nick? Uh, thank you. What does it mean, Trevor? Thank you. What does it mean, Nick? Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I know this because I read the book. I know. It's okay. I know it. Okay, so and, you know and it. And it's... Um, Something about, um, is it something about sh- thank you for sharing uh, your energy or spirit or something with me? Something yeah, like that? Yeah, and there's a, I mean, there are a lot of right? versions of that. Yeah. Gandhi said it was the divine in me salutes the divine, divine in you. Yeah. I yeah, salute okay. your greatness. I yes. salute your uniqueness. I salute what you do best. You're not going to see, like you have, a, you have a gift for listening, just empathy, smiling, great partner. You've got a gift, you know, to articulate and speak and get right to the core. I'm sure you both have many more gifts than that, but you can't see those gifts in others hmm. until what? Until you, you see it in until yourself. Until you see yourself, yeah. You, 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 can't, you can't see it. So, now I also married a dance major, and so to me, and she always wants me to go to yoga which is just painful because <laughs> cyclists are a little bit Mr. Concrete and you're, you know, your yeah. hamstrings, everything's tight. And they always come over. And they want to use me as the example. So yeah. of what to not me, to of do, what or, not to yeah. do. And namaste yeah. me, to me, <laughs> namaste has started to mean 
yoga class is finally over. That's yeah. what, that's what yeah. it really means. That's yeah. where I learned. Over. Yeah. Namaste, too. Thanks. Is that where you learned it? It's over. Yeah, I yeah. yell it. Namaste. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're done. Well, I don't know when everyone can lay on their chest and reach back and grab their ankles. And right. And back there yeah. like rolling around no. trying to grab my ankles. It would be painful. I was thankful you... it was over, too. <laughs> Always feels good after, though. Yeah. During's not uh, the, the funnest. But um, tapping into who we are, yeah. Yeah. if I could just share one yeah, last thing please, here, Trevor. Please. You know, you know what John, John C. Maxwell calls it, your giftedness, your sweet spot. Um, How would somebody know. go about finding their giftedness? Because, you, like, I think people become idle and they're like, ah, yeah, well, where do I, you know, like, right. how do they go about doing something like that? I mean, it probably would require them to be in a quiet place for a period of time and it's, do self-improvement in order to, you know, discover that, right? I, you know, if you want to take one of your 20-minute growth sessions, just get out here and go for a walk, right? And just take that 20 minutes and then ask yourself, what do people keep saying I would do naturally? You know, you'll, you get clues. Success leaves clues. Yeah. Failure leaves clues. Yeah. Right. If we watch and people will say you were born to do that. That's second nature to you. That comes naturally to you. There's all these little yeah. hints and we kind of know, but sometimes we make it so mystical and some of these thought leaders just make it so complicated. So it's not, it's, you come back and say, I would do this for free. Free. Bingo. Yeah. So if you can take your heart's great gladness, what you do for free, and then meet a need that the world has or to serve somebody else that they have. Game that, over. Game over. Yeah. Now, you're still get people say you never work another day of your life. Well, you're going to work because it takes sacrifice and hard work. And mm-hmm. it's never like you're here in this building taking the whole third floor is it as easy as it looked was this just just rolling downhill yeah you never yeah. achieve anything that's significant really when you're walking downhill yeah so i wrote this down in my journal last night just doing a little journaling i'm on this whole new 100 day challenge we're part of its journaling right but uh uh i realized in my journaling i was like man like all this like turmoil or problems or a lot of the things that I, that I was thinking about were from just not speaking up. Right. And so, um, when we talk about how people find these things, sometimes I think we find out a lot just through conversation, but there's so many times where I know I just haven't spoke up or shared my perspective. And so I wrote down like, you know, your perspective and is not meaningless unless you don't share it. Right. Mm. And so, because everything I feel like I've learned about myself has been when I speak up, you know? And so, um, anyway, I just wanted to add to the question, yeah, right? Cause I was yeah. just thinking about it last night, you know, ironically. And so, um, I share that with people here today. I wasn't planning on that, but, um, you know, I know that there's a lot of people because I've suffered from that. It's like, you know, like share your perspective, even if it's contradictory. Like we learn so much about ourselves and from other people when we all share our perspective. Well, just like the, you know, comparisons, the thief, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. There's a whole nother, there's a whole nother perspective 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 to it. Right. 
I mean, I guess if you're just looking face value, then yes, it could, it could, but if you're looking past face value, what did it take for them to have the things that they have or to get where they are or be as healthy? And you look at more of the process and you're willing to duplicate the process, then, you know, you have a winning formula already. Somebody's already invented that wheel, right? And so, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't go down that path and extend the wheel, right? And take it even further. Like what was it? David Bannister that did the four minute mile, I think is what his name was. Roger Bannister. Ron, Roger. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, you know, and then people have, have taken that as an example and then they beat it and they beat his time. Right. So the idea is somebody's already laid out the path for you. You just start walking down the path. I always say, if, if you're watching somebody do something amazing and you feel inspired, yes, like if I, if I'm watching Michael Phelps swimming, I don't want to become a swimmer. You know, it's not like I'm like, wow, I want to go get in the pool. But I do get inspired by his commitment, Mm -hmm. his dedication, Mm -hmm. and the type of uh, sacrifice that an individual would have to make in order to have that level of greatness. But if you could take those ingredients right there, the commitment, the sacrifice, the willingness, and and then find something that actually does inspire you, right? Somebody's watching a runner break the four minute mile and they like, you know, feel like they just watched a Rocky movie, you know, <laughs> like it, it makes them want to jump out of their chair. Take those ingredients of what it becomes to be great and just point it towards whatever that thing is that inspires you because you feel that inside you for a reason. Um, and if you're watching somebody else live out their greatness do, doing that thing and it makes you feel a certain way, yeah. what would it do for you if you actually lived it yourself, right? Like we have to stop watching other people become great with their lives and start giving uh, our life more intention and focus and effort and sacrifice and commitment in order to see the things that we watch other people have that may be stealing our joy in that whole comparison thing if that's the side that you're on right you just you said intention focus let's talk about the power of words here you said you said intention (laughs) focus was one word sacrifice commitment commitment. yeah um so there's a word inside intention yeah in it's tent I thought, and, I thought and, you were going to say yeah, tension. Yeah, yeah. Because no, you might yeah, be a little tension. tension. But no, <laughs> yeah. intention. Yeah. So when we, we have an intent or an intention, we're really making ourselves a little uncomfortable. It's like a tent. Yeah. It's just a one-dimensional piece of fabric. But when you claim your ground, when yeah. you stake it out, when you stretch it and expand it, it becomes three-dimensional. You know, you can sleep in it. You can seek shelter. You can cook meals in it. Um, it's a totally different thing. So that intention... It's so important. Focus. Focus comes from focal point. The focal point, many, you go back a few centuries ago, what do you call the, what do you call fireplace? They used to call it a hearth because that was the heart of the, of the home. home. Yeah. That's where the mills were prepared, heat came out, meaningful conversation. So when you're focused and you're focused, so are you, you get right to the heart of the, of the issue. When you I've worked with several world champion, Olympic uh, gold medal, silver medal, podium athletes, most world champions. And they say, you know, where you look is where you go. Zach Lund, uh, world champion skeleton racer. And I coached Zach at one of the lowest points of his life. And 
Um, you'll meet him. You'll meet him in January. Mm. And Zach says, where you look is where you go. And I'm up at Whistler with him in 2010. And <laughs> somebody had died on that track two days before they go off. Mm. And you got to be looking in the right place. And then you said sacrifice. Sacrifice and passion go hand in hand. People say, oh, you know, follow your passion. Almost just like it's just, hey, it's just going to be fun. Follow your passion. The money will follow. Passion means I'm willing. If you were to go to a play in Europe in the spring, you'd go to passion play, right? Mm -hmm. They would reenact the willing suffering of one. And when we have passion, we're willing to sacrifice. Bear, suffer, or endure. There we go. So look at that. <laughs> you are willing to bear, suffer, or endure. Um, if I have passion, I'm willing to do something because I love that so much. And when you sacrifice, um, you, you're, you, you've got the what Stephen called uh, mind over mattress, right? I mean, you, you get out and run six miles. In mind over a mattress? Mind over a mattress. Yeah, put that one <laughs> <Okay>. down. Um, <laughs> My and, mind's on top of the mattress yeah, for about but, eight hours. Yeah, but <laughs> when you get up and it's time to go and it's go time, you've just demonstrated, hey, I'm willing um, to sacrifice. And to sacrifice means to make sacred. It really is. When we're doing something that's really, really hard, um, you're, you're making a difference. The, the founder of the Leadville 100, Ken Clover, and he's still with us. He's still alive. He turned this two-mile high city that's at 10,200 feet. Yeah, nothingness town. Nothingness town. Yeah. I've done that race 10 times. My, my son-in-law's won it twice. Wow. And um, it's the toughest one-day mountain bike race, I think, in the world. Maybe there's others that are tougher, but he stands up used to be at the old 6th Street gym where you'd have six or 700 riders. Now they have thousands, like well, 20,000. There's, there's, there's runners, too. There's, there's a Leadville one, yeah, Led 100 for running, too. Ken had never run. Yeah. He'd never biked. He was a Bronco rider. He's got, are you kidding me? He's got square-toed boots so he could get closer to the bar. I mean, that's, that's I mean, he was mm. just, he's a man's man. But when he decided to do that, they said, you're going to kill somebody. He said, good, we'll be famous. Let's go. You know, let, let's get it done. And they've been pretty good <laughs> last few years. They they have had a couple of I was going to say, fatalities, I'm sure, but, but yeah. not for over twenty years. And they were they were just really tragic experiences. But he will stand up and say, "You heard me say it earlier, and I didn't really give him credit. And I I'd never want to take somebody's words and use them as mine. You are better than you think you are. Yeah, and you can do more than you think you mm -hmm. can." And they'll say, how do you finish a 100-mile foot race? Like a 100-mile foot race at that kind of elevation, you start at 10,000 feet, you go to 12.5 in a bike race. And back, and back it's down. like more yeah. climb than going from base camp to the top of Mount Everest in the, you know, in the difference in elevation. And he says, you just do it one foot at a time. You just do it one pedal stroke at a time. And um, he's changed you know, the way I think of sacrifice and suffering because I'm not, I'm not going to compete with the pro riders, I might not even compete with some of the master riders. I'm competing with, yeah, with me, yeah, and can Your I, own mind, yeah, yeah, can I stay active? Can I keep moving so that my grandson, Miles, who's coming up, who's now a two-time national champion, has the potential to be a world champion? I want to be able to bike with him on his worst day. Yeah, that's about that's about <laughs> yeah. what I got. I want to be that papa. Yeah, hey, papa, you want to go for a ride, and he actually wants to go with me.
Hmm. So the one other thing, when you're talking about your purpose, behind every purpose, you know, we say behind every why, that's, you know, your purpose can be synonymous with a why. There could be purposes. There can be why. Sometimes uh, the Iron Cowboy, James Lawrence, good friend, mm -hmm. when he's doing those crazy Ironman triathlons yeah, one after another, he said Same. sometimes he's got to go back into his bag of whys, mm -hmm. not just why, and say, well, I got to get this one and this one. I got to get my wife, my daughter, my fitness, the way I was raised, my you know, obesity that I'm trying to conquer. I'm going to bring them all together, and now I got enough. Yeah. It done. And behind every why is a who. So who who are you going to share your unique gifts with? Because your gifts aren't about you. Being a leader yeah. isn't about you. Your purpose isn't about you. Really, if you think about it, it's serving those yep. who need your gifts, who need your purpose, who need your leadership. So your greatness isn't for personal gain. It's to give to other people. Um, and when you do that at, at the highest level, there's just by default some personal gain to it, right? It's yeah, it's the law of reciprocity. Yeah, right? you do something for somebody without expecting anything in return, and when you do that, you receive what you desired for others. Mm. It's a natural law. You receive, you know, maybe you're having a tough day, and you say, you know what, I'm going to buy a sandwich for somebody, you know, six back at Subway. And you say to the person, if you tell them it's me, I'm going to come break your windows, but I'm just going to, I'm going to eat my sandwich. And you watch them when they get that. And maybe they needed it, maybe they didn't. But you become, you know, the benefactor. Well, I heard a story just the other day about, there was an old guy that was getting his breakfast at McDonald's and the lady behind him, I guess he was taking a little too long. So she started honking his, her horn you know, kind of throwing her arms up at him or whatever. <laughs> so he goes up to the first window, says, I'd like to pay, you know, here you go. And I'd like to pay for the car behind me. Amazing. And hold on, hold on. <laughs> the story gets good. You think it's amazing. Uh, so he pays for the lady behind, right? She goes up to the window and then she starts, you know, waving out the window, like, thank you. Like being very apologetic about how she just acted. He goes to the second window, shows him both receipts, takes both the mills just to teach her a lesson. <laughs> said, you don't mess with an old timer. We've been around for a long time. Uh, now they're going to have to go around and start all over again. So your her. impatience just costs you more time. So karma does come around, right? Karma does come around. He was the universe's karma in that moment. That's, boy, that, that went totally that, yeah, different. That went I south. thought yeah. she was excited that she yeah. bought it for somebody else. So that a bus pulled up. Yeah, somebody yeah. else bought it for the entire yeah. track team. No, it's uh, yeah, he was it got, for it got hard lessons. And yeah. I'm probably not going to yeah. lead out with that story yeah. when we're talking about inspire uh, yeah. or respect. That's just a funny story. Yeah, no, that's an incredible story. What was one of your, you know, you read Stephen's uh, forward um, to aspire. Stephen Covey he was really kind. Um, he loved language. Like he would yeah. just. You're going through humility, and it comes from humus, that rich, dark, organic soil. It means you're teachable, you're coachable. It isn't weakness or meekness. It's being teachable and coachable. Um, but he loved that first word. 
in a book that relates to this book of greats mm-hmm. um, the, that I brought. I we do have that. Yeah, I want I want to talk about just the the book of greats real quick um, because I I that was an amazing story in your book and um, immediately when I heard that word, it's just a word that just now resonates with me and kind of it's top of mind, you know, on, on difficult or tough days when you doubt yourself. Right. Mm. Um, so if you will, please, you know, kind of share that story because I think it's super, super powerful. And I think it will bring a lot of value to people. Great. Um, just quickly, well, it's, it, it's been a minute since I was back in Vienna. So it would have been, um, several years before, Aspire was uh, published, and it, it was uh, acquired by HarperCollins in 2009, and uh, it was it was published, hit the bookstores in 2010. So it was, I mean, it's been not quite 20 years. Were you on that trip? I was on the trip. Because you were writing that book, and you were trying to gather information? I had or started you my book. I had okay. started my book, so yeah. this has been about four and a half years in. Yeah. And I have friends that are in The Secret, and I was all excited about The Secret. And so I had a journal, and on the outside it said, The Secret Power of Words for Leaders. That mm. was the original title. title, mm. and that will change as an yeah. author that's kind of got its own life. And we had gone back, took a pre-recorded message to uh, Victor Frankel's widow, uh, one of the great books ever written, Man's Search for Meaning, mm-hmm. and spent time with the family in Vienna. Um, and my last night there, we had an early flight, so you need to get up about 3 in the morning. I, it was kind of hard to sleep. And I'm, I, I went back to the center of Vienna. Uh, my wife and I have just been there so much it's like a second home and there's a there's a picture of a of a saint uh, uh, mother Teresa, not mother Teresa, but i thought it was mother Teresa, and who said do little things with great love and i kind of went back to just look at that one more time and just kind of gather in this majestic cathedral everything is built around that cathedral and as i walked out i thought i need to get a few gifts it was starting to get dark I have a daughter season. We have four daughters, Summer, Season, Star, Sharwan. Those are the four. My wife's name's Sherry, so they're all with S's. What's Sharwan? Because it seems like there was a theme there. It means beautiful Indian princess, okay. or, or so we've told her. Okay. That's what it means. Yeah. It doesn't really mean that, but yeah, that's what we've told Hopefully she doesn't her. Google it. Huh? Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah. She has Googled it. It's yeah. a man's name okay. in India. So um, I come across the India store. I showed you a picture of it yeah. here earlier. And it looked like a jewelry store. And there were fabrics and linens and silks from India. India, yeah. And I walk in and I meet Hari, who's the son of the proprietor. And uh, I said, you know, I'm, I've got a daughter who's getting married. Maybe I could find some fabric for her dress or bring a scarf home or something. And he said, why are you here? And I told him why we were there. And then his father, Praveen Cherkori, P-R-A-V-I-N. It's in the first chapter of Aspire. He comes prancing in like the Pied Piper, people following him. He was the greatest tantric artist in India. That's where you do large installations and you paint with your hands. So you take all different, he would do, you know, installations as big as some of the buildings that we're mm. looking at. They have a book written about him. and I, But I had no idea who he was. He, his son introduces me. He hears where I had been, why we were 
there, and it was just me, and he said, Kevin, you must be one of the greats. I want you to sign. He reaches underneath the desk, and I mean, pick, pick that yeah. up, Kel, pick that up. That's got to be 40-ish. Yeah. I mean, that's, 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 oh, that's, a, that's yeah. a 30, 40-pound dumbbell totally. right there. Yeah. Definitely. This is the book of greats. He gifted it to me at the end of his life, and he turned to a page where Victor Frankl had signed that book. And, again, I mean, this book is over 55 years old. Yeah. Uh, there are signatures in here and from the 1960s. And he said, Kevin, I want you to sign this. Right underneath the author of Man's Search for Meaning, who said, you know, everything, one of his great quotes in that book, everything can be taken from a man but the last of the human freedoms, the ability to choose. Mm. Choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. Now that sounds good, and it's nice air conditioned, perfectly. You know, it's a little warm. It's great. No, I like it. I good. wouldn't compare yeah. it. I like it. I got. We're the trying to keep you sweating. It's good. I don't think it's great. But to to lose your first wife, your unborn child, your mother, your father, your brother, yeah. your nationality, your your heart surgeon, your psychotherapist, you lose everything. That's that's quite a statement. So when he turned to that page and said, sign it, I didn't feel, you know, Gandhi's family has signed this book. Hmm. Second, third pages, I'll show you that. Because he's from India. And um, then he showed me Victor. I didn't feel too Victor Frankless. And I said, I'm sorry, but I can't sign this book of greats. And he said, we, I need to take you to dinner. And in the schnitzel capital of the world, we go to a Chinese restaurant. We have a meal. I'm still hungry two hours later. <laughs> but we have about a three-hour conversation. And he said, Kevin, you're writing a, what's this journal here? I said, I'm, I'm, I'm writing a book. I wasn't an author. I hadn't written a book. I contributed to some of the training of Franklin Covey, but I hadn't authored Your own. Some, my, own, my yeah. own work. I did something at 19, but it, that was my first little work. It was called Kev the Rev's ready reference, but we'll talk about that later. But yeah. um, um, he said, when I grew up, I was taught a word that comes from the sacred writ in our language, and the word is genshai. And you can pronounce it however you want. It's oh, it's like, not genshai. You can, you can, it gen, doesn't matter gen, how you say it. It's kind of like a hard G, almost like genshai, but genshai, G-E-N-S-H-A-I. And I remember just writing that down. And he said, and I want you to hear this. And he was, when he was 80, he looked 40. When he was 70, that's what he was at that time. You know, he looked like he was 45 or 50. He was ageless. His mother walked with Gandhi. She was, when, when they told Gandhi, yeah, you can't have salt. Indians can't, you know, the British government, you can't have salt. His mother started um, walking with Gandhi while she was pregnant, and he turned her back. She lived with Gandhi and Mirabin with, with five women. And so there was some influence there, and he said, Genshai means that you would never treat. And I hope you only hear one thing from this podcast from yes. me. Genshai means you would never treat another person in a manner that would make them feel small, including yourself. That's why I paused at the end. You don't treat somebody else small. You don't let somebody treat you small. You create boundaries. That's acceptable. That's not. But above all, and this is the biggest one, you don't treat yourself small. And I remember going back to my hotel that night. I couldn't even sleep. I wrote, I thought, did, did that really happen? Yeah. 
was there really a book? And, and by the time we finished that dinner, they'd closed his art studio. They'd closed. He had an art studio. It doesn't anymore. Right next to the fabric stop. They closed them both. The book of greats, you know, I was going to fly out. Nobody had the key to open it. And I went back about a year later with the film crew and signed that because he said, don't ever treat yourself small. And he's the one that taught me that every person is an unrepeatable miracle. At dinner, he said, you're an unrepeatable miracle. You better start acting like it. Hmm. And he became uh, one of my my most profound, impactful, meaningful mentors in my life, just from a happenstance of being, you know, in a place. When you get on path and you get on purpose, took me, you know, took me a while to get to aspire. I wasn't a 20-year-old, 30-year-old, even 40-year-old writing it. Um, Some people say, hey, maybe that's too late. Stephen didn't start Seven Habits until he's in his 50s. Um, I was maybe a little bit earlier than that when we started, but um, when you get on path and you get on purpose, you'll meet people who've been waiting on your path all along. But sometimes we're looking for the bigger, better, and they're just they're just right there. They're just sitting right there in the room. And uh, he taught me that. And that word, um, I don't know if you do Kindle or um, if you do an electronic reader. Uh, regular books regular yeah. books i like I, I like i like a hardbound book yeah. or a regular book i like to yeah. mark it up and have it audible once in a while but i yeah. just like turning a page too yeah we got a nice audible for aspire it was uh we had a i was speaking all the time so we had an award-winning narrator do it patrick lawler and he, he won a couple of awards for it but that word when i'll get on a kindle like you go to highlight something and when you go to highlight something it'll say this is the most highlighted sec. I didn't know that as an author. Mm. This is the most highlighted section of this book. Well, you know what the most highlighted section of Aspire is? That. That. Yeah. Like, like five to one. Yeah. And um, it, it tells you that we live in a world where we could be a little more respectful, a little more affirming a little more edifying, a little more encouraging. That's not a soft skill. If I'm a leader, and leader, L-E-A means path, and der means finder. Uh, that was the very first meeting I had with the, the master of words, a professor that I met after that trip. Yeah. Who said, when you're a leader, you're a pathfinder. It literally, in Indo-European, means you have senses. You can see, you can hear, you can taste, you can touch. You know where the sign of the game is. You can see it, smell it, taste it, touch it. And maybe you don't have the big title. Maybe you don't have the big headdress. Maybe you don't have the biggest teepee. But you got the best senses, and you become the leader. Talk about the word character. Mm. I love that word. Yeah. Because I think that, uh, you know, in this day and age, there's many people that struggle with integrity, with character. You know, Um, the world makes it too easy to you know veer down a wrong path Mm -hmm. you know especially right now so with all the distractions Mm -hmm. it takes you know a high man of character to stay on a path to find your greatness right yes um you just used two words um character and integrity there there are some similarities integrity um means 
you're whole or complete. So an integer in math is a whole and complete. It's not a fraction, right? It's not seven out of eight or three out of four, or one out of two. It's whole and it's complete. So that's probably what I learned about math. I like math, but that's... that's <laughs> you like the words about math better. Yeah, I do like the <laughs> words about math even a little better. Um, character, yeah, it's being impeccable with your word. If you think of the four agreements, you know, be when you think of the four agreements, be impeccable with your word, It's that's also be whole with yourself. Be kind, be respectful. It's It's being honest and candid, meaning what you say, having your video match your audio, that's, that's all of that. But character is a little bit more than that. Um, in ancient days, character was something that was graved on wood, on stone, on metal. And it's what's engraved on our hearts, on our soul. It's really everything good that's ever happened to you and everything bad that's ever happened to you. Because uh, as, as John C. Maxwell teaches, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. You learn. I mean, what, just, just you, you take that principle from one of the great thought leaders of our day mm-hmm. who has signed this book. I, I was with John in, in Spokane, Washington, and brought it up, and we were working with the group, and it was really fun to have him sign that. Um, yeah, character, um, that's a legacy builder. I'm working on a book on legacy, and uh, I think at the end of our life we're going to ask ourselves, did you live? Did you live fully and did you live without regrets? Did you love and did you love unconditionally? And did that love start with you? To Genshai teaches, we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we see ourselves. ourselves. And the way you treat yourself reflects in the way you treat others. Did you learn? If Stephen Covey is, is just absorbing information until his last breath, How important is it for us to continue to learn and grow? And John Maxwell says, somebody gave him my book at the church he attends in Jupiter, Florida. And then he tracked me down. How about that? I'm like John Maxwell. You are. You're just saying he tracked (laughs) me down. Somehow he got my private cell number. (laughs) And he's got a voice like you. I have kind of a little raspy voice. He called up and said, hey, Kevin, this is John Maxwell. And I said, oh, my goodness. You have the voice of God. And he just laughed and we laughed. And he was inviting my wife and I. He would honor somebody once a month. And he took us to the Grand America. He was coming out to speak. I said, I got all these friends I want to bring. No, I just want you and your wife. I ended up bringing a friend or two after because I wanted them to meet John. I wanted to share yeah. in the party. I couldn't yeah. want to just hold that. But his secretary, Linda, said, no, Kevin, this is special. You and your wife meet him there. He was so affirming, so edifying. Um, just so giving. That night at dinner, he said, there's nothing more pathetic. That's a pretty strong word. Yeah, it is. Than a leader who's quit growing. Mm. You're not really a leader anymore because you're not going to see, you're not going to sense, you're, you're, you're losing that capacity. Stephen Covey called it living life in crescendo, that your greatest work is ahead of you if you're willing to do the work every day. So at the end of our life, did you live? A life worth, you know, a life well lived is a life well loved. Did you love? Did you learn? Because sometimes we'll hear, um, you know, we want to be caught up. I wouldn't say I'm too socially, you know, I'm I'm not scanning certain things. I probably see too much news on the Internet, but that's not where I want to start my day or end my day. There's just so much out there that, 
you really want to control because every thought you think and every yeah. word you speak, it creates your future. Every thought will eventually be manifested into an expression of a word and then an action. So you got to be really careful what you're focused on. Um, did you learn, you know, to your last breath? Did you continue to grow and develop? That's a legacy that people will remember. Stephen Covey's legacy. I mean, Seven Habits You Can Get On Right Now is still one of the top best-selling yeah, books yeah. ever, right? Yeah. Wayne Dyer's legacy continues on. John Maxwell's legacy will continue on because they're learning. John devotes... He told us this when he said, there's nothing more pathetic. He devotes four to five hours every day in personal development growth. I just said, let's do 20 minutes. Yeah. I have a, I got a couple of books coming out. He has, he has over a hundred books. He's now starting to do music. Is he? Is he? Yeah. He, he literally posted just the other day. He's like, oh, well, why not expand myself? I'm going to, it's like a self-improvement song. I love it. About I, kind of getting down and out and, you I know, just, like, oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah. He was working <laughs> with these guys and these, uh, these two musicians and he's just sitting there as he always, you know, kind of sits in his chair. Um, and, and he's the only one that could do that. Yeah, you know that? Yeah. He, there's, there's another, like, you don't sit in a chair when you speak. You know, he could come dressed in a gunny sack and be sitting on a large peanut. Yeah. And he, I'd just be, I'd yeah. just, I couldn't wait to hear what yeah. he was going to say because he <laughs> yeah. is who he is. Yeah. Right? And it, so he starts every day. So he will file. He will read. He likes to swim. Um, he'll put a thought or an idea when he's doing his workout in and just chew over it and over it when he does his laps. Um. He starts every day by saying, he told us that in person that night, who can I add value to today? What a great way to start your day. Who can I add? This is John Maxwell. This is me. This is John C. Maxwell. Who can I add value to today? And then his second question is, well, if I'm going to add value to somebody. I better be valuable. I better be valuable. And I better <laughs> get to work. And I don't know. I would say those two, Stephen R. and John C., it really set the standard for growing and developing. That's why the spokes that come out of yeah. their mouths and out, off of, out of their heart through their bloodstream onto the pages where they, where they wrote it, that's why it impacts so many people because mm -hmm. they did the work. If you plant the seeds, I coached a woman, great speaker, Tiffany Peterson, and we worked on this concept, and she influenced it a lot. If, if you plant the seeds, the harvest can't be prevented. If we're literally planting those seeds every day, we're going to have a harvest. But sometimes, you know, we're, we're shaking an imaginary <laughs> plant or tree that we never even took the time to plant. And we're, we're saying, where is it? You know, where's, I've done it. So th there's no shortcuts. Every time I try on a bike ride, if I'm doing a gravel ride, and I yeah. see on my Garmin and, oh, I don't, I don't have to go, you know, 15 miles around, there's this, there's this, just you know, two and a half miles shortcut. It's never a shortcut. You, know, you take it. And <laughs> yeah, it's two and a half miles you're, straight you're, up you're hiking or and biking yeah. and your clips. And you're yeah. like, All right, what was I thinking? Well, shortcut's the long route, the hard route. It is you know? soft sand. You know, <laughs> it is. You've been there. You're on the same. Uh, you're yeah. on the same one. So. I think everybody's guilty of trying to find those shortcuts, but you know, there's only a, a certain amount of them that you take before you just kind of put your head down and say, you know. I, I, I have to be willing to do the work. Yeah. Um, you talked about um, 
Stephen Covey being a deep thinker. Do you believe becoming a deep thinker and finding your 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 greatness and discovery is is going to require you to isolate yourself for a period of time? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a big believer that people should live their life like lungs. It expands and retracts. And when it retracts, you know, I think that you should retract from society in some cases and work on yourself and then you expand yourself, right? And when you expand yourself and go back out into society, you're bringing value to the world. I'm then just you putting retract a note and to expand. myself. I love that concept. I absolutely expand and retract. So expand and retract is powerful. Um, that gives you that ebb and flow. Well, well, sometimes when you when you retract from society, you feel like you're going crazy. Right. And you want to go back into those. old. (laughs) Well, well, I'm saying initially, initially, when you first start saying, okay, I'm committed, I'm going to go down this path of improving myself. And you retract yourself from old environments, old habits, maybe old friends, you know, old situations that didn't serve you anymore. You feel like you're going crazy. And I say, if you feel like that you're losing your mind, isn't that the purpose? Get rid of the mind that didn't serve you anymore you and go. recreate the new one and then go back out in the world when you expand yourself and share those gifts and share some of that knowledge uh, that you gained when you were retracting from, you know, the old situations or circumstances. Man, I could be here all day with <laughs> you too, too right? Yeah. Can, can I just dig a little bit deeper into that yeah, for just, just, just a quick second? I had to... Looked at a couple of my notes in a little flip book. Um, let me turn that down. Um, you know, we're talking about legacy, and I, I left out the, the the third or the fourth, which is light. Did you light? Did I what? Did you light? Did light. you light your path? Did you light the path of another? It takes that reflection, that retraction, to be able to really see things clearly. Um, and Tonar Ivans, who is related to where Ivans oh, is okay. called, okay, yeah. kind of a namesake, not named directly after him, but in that family, he said, he who holds a lantern to light the pathway of his brother sees more clearly his own. Mm. You know, if you got a lantern out, one of my favorite things is just to go, go on a little night ride. With lights, it's, it helps to have some lights. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, that, that veil hill that seems so big in the day, you get halfway up it and you go, am I coming to the turn right now? Because you don't see it, yeah. right? But it gives you that, Yeah, just like that, that's why I'll, I'll do every once in a while. Well, the the long runs that I do throughout the night are so much easier. Aren't they? Yeah, because you, so you, you don't see all the <laughs> I don't get to see if that you can mountain stay on that's your six feet, miles yes. away if you and can being s- like, oh my gosh, that's so far, <laughs> but it's only six miles of this 40 miles that I'm running, right? When you're just literally focused on the the, the steps that are in front of you, you, next thing you know, you're you know 20 miles in or 30 miles in versus looking all the way around and so far down the path that you're just like almost somewhat defeated, like, oh my gosh, we have that much right. more to go before we even hit the halfway point. Right. And it's, yeah, I, yeah, that's so, it's very true. Where you look is where you go. And yeah. sometimes if you don't yeah. know where you're looking, it's a lot yeah. easier. Maybe that's yeah. a, a lot. Let me just share. And I've got to look it up because um, we were talking about the invest formula. Yeah. Um, I think this will answer what, what you just said. And then 
anything else that you or Kel have before we wrap it up. I want to focus on what you want. Um, this is from a master class that we're doing. And now I write, I kind of create it in a, in a flip book form. So that, you, know, yeah. you can you can just flip through it. I sent you one of our agendas for an event. And yep. it's, it's kind of a fun technology. Um, Warren Buffett, I've, I've trained at, at United States Liability Insurance, one of the 80-plus companies that Berkshire Hathaway owns. Um, Warren is is wise, wise beyond his years, and he's not a spring chicken, right? Yeah. <laughs> he says the more you learn, the more you earn. Yeah. You know, everything, well, he just, no, he's I mean, the wizard of Omaha. He, he just, no, the more you learn. Jim Rohn, we, we did a Jim Rohnism, I think one of the greatest. Mm-hmm. Just I could, I could, I could. I just, could listen to him all day. I, all day long, all, all day, day long, all day long. Repeat, he, you know. he just takes complex subjects and just, Right to their essence. That was his gift. That I, was his I, when I'm on a gift. run, that's when He's I'm a, listening. There's a, there's one part of him huh. that you know that just lights me up every single time, and I'll just go ahead and hit rewind. Maybe and we were separated at birth. Maybe I was your older, older, older brother. We were putting little bamboo things <laughs> that we're meeting today. You know his statement: "You attract success by who you become." See, now you take that effort and put that in a big thing. He said something, what better time than now to breathe in or breathe life into your dreams and light a flame across the world or something like that. And it was just like, and he goes on further and further. And I was just, and and, and I just want to run that much faster. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, light a flame behind me. You take that one. I mean, if I could do it today. Breathe life into your dreams, you know. If I can do it today. If I can do it tomorrow, do it today. If I can do it today, do it now. now. That's yeah. all in. That's one yeah. of the words. Yeah. And it's probably the second most is O-L-L-I-N, move and act with all your heart. And we really don't have time to get into that. Warren said the best investment you can make is an investment in yourself. So he doubled down on that. Um, on the learn, earn. On, on the learn yeah. and earn. And I think he knows a thing about it. Here's my formula for that quiet reflection Place, yeah deep thinking, thinking yeah and and when you were describing breathing i was thinking of the the heartbeat the breath yeah of this planet and i mean i love the mountains i love the desert there's something about going to the ocean yeah and that's the same thing what comes after one wave another and after that another and another, <laughs> and another. And another and another attesting to the fact nature gives all and loses nothing, but there's a pause hmm. in between. There's that little yeah. reflection time. There's nothing quite like it. So um, this invest formula, we talked about the internal for the eye. Yeah. Have those internal private victories. Learn something new. Do something new. Get out of your comfort zone and experiencing so- something new. And when somebody says, hey, have you read this book? Or have you seen this movie instead of trying to act like you know everything? Maybe you saw part of the movie, or maybe you only read the book once. We should say, I'd like to know more about that. Tell me. What you know. Tell me what you know. Tell me a little yeah. bit more about that. Just tell me a little bit more. We don't have to be. Stephen Covey never. Acted like he knew. Never. <laughs> Ever. He was Me like, and Stephen are a lot he was different. Like, he was like a little child. Really? That word means this? He And he, no, he, he wanted 
he wanted to, to learn grow. grow. Yeah. Um, the V is visualize. You got to see it before you can ever be it, do it, or have it. Where you look is where you go. And so be really clear about visualizing um, what we want. And Stephen said, you know, begin with the end in mind. The end in mind. Yeah. Energy. That's the E, I-N-V. If we put 20 minutes, okay, I'm going to get myself grounded. Our bodies are temples of God. Mm-hmm. And so regular exercise, nutrition, when we move, you said get movement. When we move, stretch, expand, get those guns going, amazing things happen. When we mindfully and intentionally fuel our bodies, um, we, we can expand and bring forth our gifts of greatness. That's, that's, that's one of the foundation principles. And our minds are fertile ground for positive affirmations. When I think of energy, an affirmation, whatever follows I am, follows. If I say I am an unrepeatable miracle, if I say I am forgiving, if I say I am grateful, I am capable, I am abundant, I am resilient, I am worthy. Whatever follows I am, follows. So I'm close on a book called The Seven Affirmations, and I just shared some of those affirmations. Yeah. And that will be a legacy work. I hope my children, grandchildren, their children, their grandchildren will look at that. And it's, it's, uh, that book is dedicated to my two mentors, mm. dedicated to Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And John. And John. Yeah. And I've, I've, uh, and then last thing on the INV. Um, E formula is S. What do you think S means when you're thinking of this quiet space? Yeah. Give yourself space. Yeah. Or um, we hear that silence is golden. Spirit. You're, it, it's all in there. <laughs> S for me means stillness. 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 Silence is golden, silence. but stillness will embolden. Mm. You come out of one of those silent, still, quiet, not multitasking, just just being, um, you're going to get a lot closer um, to start to unapologetically live your life by design and not by default. I think it's being silent externally and yes. being putting your ear inward. Yes. Right. Like that's the whole point of the silence external is so that you could listen to the internal and your intuition. Right. And that would be more of your guide of what to do on an external situation. If you feel lost. Whoa. Right. Wow. Um, and the last thing, the best formula is just time. Um, what we do with our time, people say, I don't, I don't have time. I don't, yeah, you got all the time there is. You get 1,440 minutes, you get the same check I do. Nick does, Kel does, we get the same check. It's what we do with it. It's a choice. Chaos is a choice. Yeah. And when we choose to be focused and committed and intentional. Sacrifice. And sacrifice. And have passion. And have passion. We, we, we've, we're on that path. But Stephen would often say, are you taking care of the goose? You're the goose that lays the golden egg, huh? Yeah, and don't kill the goose. You know, like that fable, they, they wanted more golden <laughs> eggs, so they killed the goose, there are no more eggs. So 
you can't give what you don't have. So you do need that time to set aside for you or whatever it is for you. And like we talked about with exercise, what's the best exercise? The one you're going to do? What's yeah. the best time to spend that time? It's, it's, I like the statement, do what you love with those you love. If you love yourself, go spend some time with yourself. Yeah. If you've got people around you that enjoy the same things you do, get a, get a running group, get a biking group, get a reading group, whatever it is. But take the time for you because people say, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm sacrificing for everybody else. Well, that's a choice. Yeah, and we I've done it. It's a choice. Um, you couldn't get Stephen very rarely to give a speech before noon because he wanted to either bike or swim or do his thing. You can't get John Maxwell to do a speech before he's he's put in the work of filing and writing and sending stuff off to Charlie uh, Weitzel, who's a friend of mine, uh, who's helped him with those books. And um, that takes discipline. The, the thing I hear the most from highly successful, to take one of Stephen's terms, um, from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, highly successful, they're world champions, Olympic champions, leaders in business, thought leaders, they're consistent and they're persistent. Mm -hmm. That's the time. It, you, there's no one-hit wonders. You know, you're, you're, you're doing it every morning, you're doing it on a regular basis. You've invested into sharing with your tribe best practices but it didn't happen from one podcast no you know you don't get a million downloads because it's oh consistency yeah, you just, yeah. consistency week in week out week in week out and you ask any olympic champion okay what's and it will be in one form or fashion oh you got to be consistent and you got to be persistent and then what else you do well, i got to be consistent i got to be persistent so if we do that the harvest will be there mm. I love today's show. Yeah. Ah, this 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 is a highlight for me. You're an this educational wizard, a master. <laughs> this yeah. is uh, fun. Great uh, storyteller. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, uh, we can listen to you all day. I could listen to you, you know, too all day. So. I'm going to go put in a little Jim Rohn on my next crazy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my next crazy bike ride. Yeah. I, I told him I went from uh, Idaho to St. George in June, and I, I my anyway, and and. My wife said, I got to stay up here on the family ranch. I got to help with some things. I got a water meeting. And I said, I made a commitment to speak. And it was like Wednesday night. I was speaking Sunday uh, on Father's Day. And I said, I got to I gotta get, get moving. And I had my gravel bike. And so I took a credit card and put on a pair of bike shorts and just started biking. And, you know, it's, it's about a seven-hour drive, but it takes longer on a bike. I figured that <laughs> out. It takes longer, but I loved maybe not uh, leaving at six o'clock on a Wednesday night and getting in, you know, uh, Sunday morning. But I loved that adventure yeah, and yeah. not quite knowing how it's all going to work out yeah. during the day and just saying, "Okay, I got to be." We'll figure it out and as we go. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. My wife's like, "Next time, maybe yeah, give yourself a little, a little more little time. Bit. Yeah, plan yeah. a little bit better. You know, visualize it <laughs> yeah. ahead of time yeah. instead of the rolling day into of, Salina yeah. at two in the morning. Yeah, and it's it's the uh, hot air balloon festival. Oh yeah, oh, have cool. once a year in Richfield yeah. or Salina. Yeah. There's not a room. There's not a room. Uh, and it's and I'm cold and I really don't want to sleep in the park. And I go to a Quality Inn and this guy. I I think he was from India, Pakistan or India. I said, you got just one room? No, I don't have any room. I said, I'll take any room. You got a, you got a dog room? You got anything? He said, what you pay? So I, I should have said, <laughs> right, 49 or 59. Yeah. 
And and I'm on my phone. I can't even get a room for 150 bucks. I don't really want to pay a lot for a room because I'm only going to be in it for a few hours. A couple hours, yeah. But he he took whatever price I gave him. I think I said 89 bucks or 99. (laughs) But I loved all the different people that I met. But what I met was a better version of me because I was like, hey, you know what? I can get through that. That I melted down on the third day and I didn't. I got off track and I'm out in Monroe City and I'm on my way to Penguins. I don't know why curved out there (laughs) so my last day i got 170 miles in a headwind but when you come up through that east you know side of zion yeah i mean dinner they're about closing the restaurant and i'm going i still got to get up to that canyon and it's still about 55 to 60 miles when you get down on the other side and i got to get somebody to drive me through the canyon it was really my favorite part yeah that last hundred and 70 miles 169 last struggle yeah it was it was like awesome so (laughs) how do people connect with you if they want to reach out and and uh get to know you more you know check out your books do you have like a a website that they should check out or you you if you go to any social media and you put in kevin hall power of words that's our instagram it's underscore power of words for instagram for our youtube channel it's kevin hall power words if you go to facebook and hopefully it's not fake book facebook uh, yeah. go to kevin hall power words and you can email me kevin at powerwords.com you can you or can you can send him a, uh, a direct How'd message like i did yes yeah. or, or, and, I, or and, I can uh, give everybody yeah. i'm going to give everybody your private cell number and then they can yeah. just reach out to you to get a hold yeah. of me likewise likewise <laughs> likewise share go share. ahead share and i'll share <laughs> it'll be even an eye for an eye in this now, yeah. we, you, you get yeah. what you give right, right. We just you said receive that. what you deserve <laughs> for others i want exactly. you to get a lot of calls exactly I want um, so do you, you, do you have a website a personal website as Power well of words powerofwords.com uh, yeah yeah, I would uh, highly cool. encourage everybody to to check out Kevin's you know work in terms of especially the book Aspire. It's absolutely incredible. Um, you know, you, you there, it's impossible to be the same person at the end of that book that you were going into uh-huh. it, and it's just it's a page turner, no doubt. You'll that one will make you want to take notes. Like that, there's one book that I have an actual notes in my phone, and it's. That I'm book, honored by that. You know, yeah. so, I mean, I've highlighted books, this, that, the other, but that I was taking information out and saying, I got to keep that, you know, I got to have that close to me at, at all times. And so we appreciate you coming on. You're, you you just brought so much value to our to our community. And uh, guys, make sure that you share this show with somebody that you love and that you care about. Make sure you're rating and reviewing it so that it can get out to more people. Other than that, guys, we'll see you next week. Awesome. Thank you, too.